demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. My name is Susie McGinn. I think somewhat of a familiar voice to, for some of you. And uh, we have a, another familiar voice as our guest today, someone that you have heard many times, thankfully, Father Robert Sears, SJ. Father Sears is the past pres- president of ACT Heals, an association of healthcare providers who bring Jesus' healing to healthcare. A former professor at Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University of Chicago, he is a much in demand spiritual director, counselor, retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing. Father Sears is considered a foremost authority on the family system and healing the family tree and is a featured speaker monthly on WSFI 88.5 FM's Healing the Whole Person. And that's just what we're all about today. And interesting that he is considered a foremost authority, as I said, on the family system. That's exactly what we're going to be continuing. Uh, his subject today is exactly that. So welcome, Father Sears. Thank you, Susie. His... Uh, the title for his uh, pre- presentation today is Cana and Healing Familial Faith. And I just would like to add a personal note before we begin, Father. Mm-hmm. When I uh, looked at today's Saint of the Day for Mass, it was among St. Sebastian was one, but the other one was St. Fabian. And my, I have a French-Canadian background, and my grandfather on my father's side, his first, my father's first husband, his father's first name was Fabian, Fabian Gaumond. And so Grandpa Gaumond, I'm praying for his intercession today. He was, he was a wonderful man. And uh, now I learned a little bit more about the St. Fabian as well, who was not only a pope, but a martyr in the third century. So I just feel especially attached to this. I've been looking at a little bit of ancestry lately. And, of course, he was there. (laughs) So uh, anyway, this is going to be especially uh, uh, hitting home for me today, and I'm sure other people too. So welcome, Father, and uh, let's begin, shall we? Sure, yes. uh, As you said, we've been dealing with, uh, for the last few sessions, on healing the the family and uh, also the stages of faith, that uh, spring from that, and that's where really what I want to continue with uh, today. The, uh, you know, the, the basically the the point that we're trying to make is that we don't just live our own lives; we're living the lives of our ancestors too, and uh, that somehow that affects us in the unconscious, and we don't always know exactly where that comes from or what we're doing when we get changed. But that's what we're trying to understand from a spiritual point of view. If you would go to a counselor, they would probably listen to you, 
And if they knew about family systems, they would ask you to diagram their family and uh, say where you were in the family system, were you first, second, third, or fourth, and uh, what were your parents like. And in almost every case, well, all the cases really, uh, when you look at the parents or you look at the grandparents or the, the people before that, they will be showing you what you're struggling with <laughs> because it's been handed down to their their children and your children happen to be your parents or the, the parents of your parents, depending on how far back it goes. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We want to continue and I, I want to bring it up in the context of Cana because okay. I've been working on uh, a book called Opening to God, the Mary's uh, life and the different privileges he goes through as models for how we're supposed to grow. And uh, so Cana is something that actually Mary revealed to uh, uh, Louisa Picaretta. She revealed it in a book that uh, is called The Virgin Mary and the Kingdom of the Divine Will. And it's actually 31 lessons for the 31 days of May, that is Mary's month. And then people asked her to fill that in a little bit because there were some instances that were missing. So she added six other uh, presentations, and one of those was specifically on Cana. Okay. And that's what I would like to kind of just reflect on a little bit. And then <clears throat> we can look at our healing in light of what she was revealing there. Okay. Because... <clears throat> Because Mary had said uh, that Jesus actually wanted to be invited to that wedding. And one of the reasons was that, that the marriage was so important, that God had instituted it so that our original parents would be the parents of all children following them. And they were living out of the divine will before they sinned. Mm -hmm. And so before they, before they sinned, their love was an expression of God's love, the very Trinitarian love. And after the sin, of course, they lost that, not just for themselves, but for all of their ancestors, all of children and the children's children all the way down to us. And so <clears throat> before Jesus actually entered into becoming human, we really couldn't get free of the consequences of what they had done. Right. So every family was influenced by original sin. And if you look at uh, what happened in Genesis because of that, is that Adam, you know, became guilty. And so God was looking for him and he said, Adam, where are you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, I was, I was, <clears throat> I was naked, so yeah. I, I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he said, the woman you gave me, she gave it to me and I ate. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's not taking responsibility for himself. He's blaming Eve. And so then God turned to Eve and said, now, why did you do that? And he said, the woman, the, the, the serpent tricked me and I ate it. And uh, so she wasn't taking responsibility either. So God ultimately cursed the serpent <laughs> and I was I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and yours and you will strike at his heel or her heel and he will strike at your 
head and uh, who's the woman well that's you know exegetes are now showing us that that's why John used woman for Mary in John's gospel because she he was reminding her that she was really that predicted woman who's in Genesis offspring right. would yes in Genesis the third chapter uh, whose offspring would crush the head of Satan and so both of the passages that she occurs in both in Cana and on the Calvary under the cross Jesus says woman for his mother which is unheard of for someone to talk as his son as woman I always in, think of in, that uh, scene in in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane in the Passion of the Christ, where yes. Jesus steps on the head of the snake, the snake, oh, okay. yeah, the, yes, the serpent. Exactly. Yeah, and, there and it that's, was. That's what's done now. So what, what Jesus has done is, in a sense, restore us to what we would have been if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned. And that. Of course, that resolution has taken a long time to take effect. But when Jesus began to reveal to Louisa Picaretta, and, and if you haven't heard of her, it would be very good if you were interested. You, uh, you know, can look it up on the internet and find out about Louisa Picaretta, or you could send to the radio station. And I'm sure they give you. Uh, references to her how you could find out about her right but anyway jesus told louisa she lived from 1747 i believe it was her 1767 to 1947 46 or something so 1765 to 1947 and that's uh, the dates that she lived and jesus told her and she'd given herself to be a victim for souls when she was 13 and so she began to be so uh, overwhelmed by that that she was couldn't get out of bed and she so she didn't get out of bed for 64 years and then she couldn't eat either so she uh, lived on the Eucharist for 64 years and My Jesus goodness, told yeah. her during that time and told her to write down all the things that he was uh, teaching her and she wrote uh, 36 diaries that are now being studied for their orthodoxy and uh, this other book which is called the Virgin Mary the kingdom in the kingdom of the divine will which Mary revealed to Louisa and so that's what I'm just reflecting on it sounds like her life was some would you say somewhat similar to Catherine Emmerich that well, they're, they're similar, but Catherine Emmerich, I mean, that's a, a longer book, and it's just on Mary. And uh, this, of course, is uh, mostly about, this This little book is about Mary, because it's what Mary revealed to Louisa. Right. And uh, it, I, I wouldn't want to compare them right away, because <laughs> I think the, each one of them is, is a, a study in itself. And so right. <clears throat> this one is Mary is saying to Louisa that actually Jesus wanted to be invited to the the Cana miracle because it was dealing with marriage which was the foundation of the human race right and that was meant originally to be done out of the divine will because that's how Adam and Eve were created in the divine will and if they had loved each other in the divine will then they would be loving out of the the love of God for each other exactly and so if each one was living out of the love of God or the will of God 
then they'd be on one page, whatever decisions they made, just as the, the, the persons in the Trinity are always agreeing, because they only have one will, which is they totally agree, and that's why there's one God. Mm-hmm. And so they're totally one in the goals and the understandings that they're communicating to us. And Mary is therefore at Cana as the queen of families. Mm-hmm. Because uh, ultimately Eve would have been the queen of families because they would have all stemmed from her. And, and they were because they were in the divine will, they had dominion over all creation. Right. But once they sinned, they lost that dominion. So they're no longer queen of families. They're, they're queen of this, the distortion of families. But uh, And Adam would have been the king. And Jesus is at Cana as the king of families. Right. One of the and, things that um, you uh, wrote here, you said that Jesus wanted to be invited to correct the distortion of marriage. Yeah. What? That's right, exactly. So, in other words, marriage... Explain that. Is, uh-huh. yeah. Let me explain that? Yes. Okay, the, well, the distortion of marriage is that it was originally meant to be mediating, each partner would be mediating God's love for the other person. Because they were all living out of the divine will. Okay, okay. And so when they fell, they, they, they separated themselves from God's... Uh, from the divine will, Mm -hmm. and so they were really mediating their own understanding of love, human love, so to speak. Right. And that's why it it wasn't totally uh, selfless or self-sacrificing, so they blamed each other rather than, or they blamed something else besides each other. In other words, they weren't accepting their own responsibility. And true healing Mm -hmm. always means that we really tune into our own responsibility and forgive everybody else, so to speak, you know, because we are already forgiven by Jesus, and so there's no reason to hide from what we've done. We just need to admit it and let Jesus forgive us. He's already done it, but he can't apply it until we accept it and accept our responsibility. As As we span that time between... Genesis and the Incarnation. Um, is it that because there's no time in eternity that the, all the people that lived before the Incarnation, how did they receive uh, grace and, and forgiveness and uh, the Holy Spirit and all those things, like just King David, well, for instance? How, how did that all happen without... Um, you know, Jesus. Well, God, you know, they lived, of course, in time, and time was created because of original sin. Because <clears throat> if if they hadn't sinned, they would have not needed time, because they would be living out of eternity. <laughs> okay. And, and they would have uh, authority over all creation, is dominion, as God said. He gave them dominion over all creation. And so they would have had dominion, they would have been kings and queens of family systems, and they would have handed down the divine will, because that's what they would be living. Once they sinned, they separated themselves from the divine will, so what they were living then is human, the human will. Okay. But the human will is uh, totally uh, already distorted, because we were meant to be uh, recipients of divinity, we were being divinized in the, in the, yeah, before the, the, uh, the sin of Adam and Eve. 
In other words, in the garden, they were to live eternal life. In Genesis 3, and it was a little after that, that passage 3.15, God says, Now that they're like us, knowing good and evil, we cannot allow them to eat of the tree of life and live forever. Mm-hmm. So the tree of life in the garden was eternal life. They lost that because of sin, because God said, we can't allow them now that they know good and evil, that is, they've sinned. We can't allow sin to live forever. Mm-hmm. In other words, if they're going to get what they chose to make humans in the first place, they're going to have to let humans live out their choices. Well, that was to, what I was just thinking. If if they had, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, and the people that followed them still had free will, could they sin? Yes, they did. I mean, as you saw. Oh, I know they did, but I'm not. Because but, um, they were free, but they couldn't not sin in one sense because they didn't. They were separated from the the gift of being in the divine will. Right, but I mean, if they hadn't sinned. If Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, then, then they would have been. Well, the, the, somebody might have sinned on the. <laughs> after that. You know, after them. Okay. And uh, then their and their progeny would also be affected by that. All right. That's and so I'm they would have a, a a similar situation, I suppose, because there were angels that didn't sin for us, and angels that did, right. namely the the this the ones that followed Satan. And uh, so we had a choice, but even our choice was how humanly we were going to be good. It could never be like what God intended no, in the first place. Never enough. We would be good out of God's own love. Right. And so that's, uh, as Jesus told Louisa, that the, even the greatest sense will not be as good as, as she could be. Because he's starting with her, a third fiat, namely to give her his will to actually do on earth what the Father chooses in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's what she, we have in Mary, because she didn't, uh, she was given the gift of being free from original sin, and she made a decision in the womb never to do her will, only to do God's will. So she really was humans the way we God intended and he's able to give her every gift that he wanted to give humanity. Right. So Mary is, is, in a sense, the mother of all the redeemed. And, and that's why she's the queen in Cana. So she's the queen of families in Cana. And Jesus, of course, is the king of families in Cana. And so they are restoring it. And so what, what Mary did was presuppose, of course, because she's living in the divine will, that Jesus wouldn't refuse her any request. And so she never made a request. She simply said, they don't have any wine. Uh (laughs) And and Jesus said, it's not time for me to to begin my miracles. What is that to you and me? His public life was not to begin he didn't feel His public anyway. life wasn't to begin that way but maybe because she was and then when she presupposed yeah. that he would always answer her request she simply told the waiters yeah what to do and when they did it jesus went along with what they did and they did exactly what jesus told them to do right and when they did exactly what jesus told them to do namely fill all those those uh 
purification uh, things, each held about 25 gallons, so about 150 gallons of water. <laughs> that's a party. This <laughs> <laughs> is party was lasting for a week because that's how long the Jewish weddings lasted. Right. <clears throat> then, and when he, when they took it to the head waiter, and he took it to the groom, he said, you know, most people use the best wine for the beginning, but you've saved the fine wine for now, you know. And right. he didn't know it, it, it was water originally, he just he said he, he had six uh, purification jars of the finest wine. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To use a, so a modern... Was doing two things. He was, first of all, showing what uh, marriage was intended to be. So he was the king and queen, and, and this, in, in the scripture, Calvary actually fulfills the pro prophetic action of Cana. Okay. Jesus on the cross uh, is the groom. Beautiful. And yeah. Mary is the mother of all the redeemed. And so when Jesus gives Mary to the beloved disciple, he never names the disciple, he never names himself, because he stands for all Jesus' beloved disciples, who shall all of us. He loves us all with an infinite love. And he wants to restore us into that infinite love. Right. And right. so when when Mary simply said, do whatever he tells you, then, then the, the waiters did exactly what he said and, and received the anointing. And right. Mary said, if you do what he tells you, you will have all that you want. Oh, I want to pick up on this after the break, Father. I, I have a question about okay. this, but you can probably hear that interlude of music, and I'm sure yeah. our listeners can as well. You're listening to Healing the Whole Person, and our guest today is Father Robert Sears, and his subject is Cana and Healing the Familial faith. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple minutes and uh, look forward to hearing the rest of Father's teaching today. today. Thank you. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A Prayer for Deliverance with Father John Grigas, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters of families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that has 
have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices and we invoke Mother Mary also and all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall. Amen. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Good afternoon again. This is Susie McGinn welcoming you back to Healing the Whole Person. And uh, we have as our familiar monthly guest, Father Robert Sears. And uh, we were just talking, we're, he's doing a whole series, a wonderful series on the healing the, the family. And we are, uh, we were just talking, his focus today is on the miracle at Cana and how they had prefigured the uh, cross and resurrection of our Lord and, and uh, foreshadowed what he would be doing for us as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. But we were talking about, um, before with the break, uh, about how Mary, to use a modern term, jump-started <laughs> Jesus' yeah, 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 <laughs> ministry. And um, so he, he really d- d- depended on her. And I, obviously, God wanted to use her, God the Father. So would you say that that was part of her being the co-redemptrix? would be a part of the, the, the stimulation for her uh, encouraging Jesus to, to go ahead with this miracle? Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, in other words, uh, when Jesus started his miracles here, John says this is the foundational miracle of the miracles. In other words, it's not just the first in a series, but it's the, the actual ground of it. So Jesus used this occasion to show that Mary is you might say, the foundation for all the miracles because she's the human recipient that's equal to the giver who's totally one with the divine will. And since Jesus is the second person of the Blessed Trinity, he is living in the divine will, then they totally are sharing that love. And it's that shared love that is the source of all the healing that God does. Right. So... And it's not, in other words, the healing is not simply an individual praying for somebody because healing ultimately is restoring us into being members of the Trinity, right. which is a, a community. Right. So healing is always restoring love. Every wound is a love wound, as one book uh, puts it. And, uh, you know, Authentic Love Theory and Therapy by J. Brennan Mullaney, if you want to look it up, if you're wanting to read a nice 700-page book, (laughs) (laughs) which integrates therapy with uh, Christian understanding. But it's a very, very fine point of view, because it really is. Our deepest wound is that we didn't give the love that we needed. 
We didn't get it from our parents. We didn't get it from their parents. Their parents, they didn't get it. it all the way back to Adam and Eve because they couldn't give it because right. of the original sin until Jesus happened. And so what, what uh, Jesus showed there is if they do do his will, they ask, they don't ask. Jesus, you know, Mary asked on behalf of us, but she was just implying it because she was making it a personal request and Jesus would always answer any request that Mary made because she was speaking out of the divine will. They were sharing the same will. So right. he wanted to do it too. Sure. <laughs> and, and so she just uh, didn't ask anything. She just said, do whatever he tells you. But she, he did challenge her a little when he said, what does that have to do with me, Right. Well, he didn't challenge her so much as uh, call her attention to the fact that this is a, whatever he does is going to be revealing the fulfillment of that prophecy in Genesis. Okay. okay. Because he calls her woman, etc. So he's calling her attention to the what would be guiding him and whether he chooses to do this or not. It would be fulfilling a divine or a father, his father's prophecy. And so when he does do it, he is saying, yes, this is the fulfillment, and this is the beginning. He's made it into a symbol of the fulfillment, which is Calvary. Right. So all of the, all of the uh, healing miracles in John's Gospel are reflections of Calvary. In other words, this is the, and Mary is the foundation where it started. It's her intercession that brings Jesus down in the first place. And he comes to us because in her there's total receptivity, total freedom from sin. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing that could uh, distort what Jesus wants to give to humanity in yeah. Mary. Yeah. And so the two of them, and you have to have a recipient of love in order to love, for, otherwise you're going to be totally frustrated. You know, love isn't simply unconditional. Parents have to love each other. And it's a condition is you don't marry just anybody. You marry somebody you think is going to be able to receive you. But when you, it's just human love, each of them is looking to fill something in themselves. And so they can't be totally focused on uh, giving to the other person. And so what happens when, you know, the love and the, the marriage is mostly human love and they haven't really seen marriage as a sacrament meant to give grace, which is not human love, but divine love. It's, it's God's grace, in fact. Right. So marriage actually is a sacrament. It's meant to be, give God's grace. Right. And so it's going to have to disillusion us if we're simply looking at it from a human point of view. Yeah, because we get married by faith. Yes. Yes, we don't know what is... We're, you don't what, know what the future is going to be. We don't what know what we're agreeing to. Right. What your spouse is going to be able to do when you really find out who they are. Right, right. <laughs> so or, yeah, or even your, what you're going to, how you're going to be able to deeper respond. love re- releases the deeper truth of each person. And you realize then that you're looking to fill something in yourself. You're not simply loving the other person. Yes. Remember and what? So if, uh, okay. Saint so if S- the other person, for example, doesn't respond the way you think they need to, you're going to feel hurt, and yeah. you're going to feel like you don't have anybody you can give yourself to. Right. Sister Bridge McKenna, you remember what she said? That Christian marriage, in Christian marriage, a man promises woman, and woman promises man what only God can do. 
Amen. Exactly. Isn't yeah. it? I mean, that, that, I did, didn't know that she said that, but anyway, she did. Yeah, <laughs> and I've I've given that quote to a lot of young married, you know, kids getting married, and uh, I just feel like that's what it's all about. <laughs> no, well, uh, you, but, you've got it right there, Susie, because yeah. that's exactly what's only going to work. Because see, deep down, we all know we're made out of unconditional love. That's the that's the truth. Yes, that we. Uh, we don't think about it because, but everything that Adam and Eve did before they sinned, because it was in the divine will, was communicate was eternal and was communicated to everybody who would ever exist or ever ever did exist or ever would exist. Mm-hmm. And so deep down, we all know we're made out of unconditional love. The book I, I mentioned before is Carol Truman, which is called oh. "Feelings Buried Alive Never Die," <laughs> and yeah, it's about healing these things and getting down to our true deep self, which is unconditional love. Exactly. And so if we can get to that deep self, which is unconditional love, then we can begin to love other people without expecting anything in return. Right. And you that's know, the Jesus, only way that we can really do what Jesus said, love your enemies. Yeah. And he because, said to us, love one another as I have loved you. Loved you. And, yes, and exactly. you know, because... We just as you said, we have imperfect love. Only God has perfect love, and exactly. so what He's loving us with perfect love. How can we do that? We do it by faith. I believe, and so when we, in my life, when I have situations where it's very difficult to love another person, I ask God, "Give me Your love for this person, so I yes. can be." like a channel or a pathway for his love. And, you know, it heals me. You yes, know, but it's not only healing you. It's, that's yeah. a very good way of putting it. But the only thing is that it's not. he's not just giving it to you. He's giving it through you. Right. That's exactly what I meant. He's yeah. doing it. <laughs> right. That's right. He's doing it. And it's it's miraculous. It what yeah. it what it can accomplish if we yes. try and do it on our own and try and muster up feelings for someone that maybe naturally we conflict with, it it doesn't work, you know. Okay. But if we can do it by faith, and yes. and trust okay, now him. Let, let me just uh, uh, go ahead. Expand your insight there that you're sharing with people, and uh, realize that that can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Because you're dealing with God's love, and so if it, it, it doesn't mean that you're, for example, I just somebody just emailed me a link to a uh, a situation, a case that uh, this person, uh, Monique Barry, was their name, was tortured by incessant anxiety, her daughter's rough day at school or proof of the child's life was ruined or said you know kind of augmenting all these problems and taking responsibility for all of them and she was referred to somebody who had a gift of seeing people's ancestors and so in the person oh <laughs> so in the first meeting she told me to take deep breaths she says the person it was angelique was the person that she was seeing and uh, i said i'm fine and and she looked into my eyes and says, there's so much drama in your energy field. I see war all around you, fires, bombs, and screaming. Angelica asked, were you or your mother in a war? <clears throat> I mean, a literal war. What was your grandmother like? And, she, and uh, she, the, 
Monique said that she abandoned her husband for a general in the Chinese army, oh. and she never saw them again, and her children too. So she had three more kids, including mom and her new lover, and wow. she arranged crystals on the floor, and the arrangement was wider on the top than on the bottom, and <clears throat> so Angelica said she, she passed that stress onto your mother and your mother unto you. Can't you feel the grief, the abandonment? And then Monique said she began to cry. And I struggled to believe that my grandmother could have such influence. You know, when I met her the next time, she asked Angelique, what was in your lineage? What was your conception like? And she says, fine. Did your mom have other children? Oh, my half-sisters from her first marriage in Taiwan. Oh, can you image doing that? And she said, well, she left them in Taiwan and came to the United States. And Angelique asked uh, the person here, my, can you image doing that for Elise, which was this person's daughter? Because God, no, I, I barely leave her use to, to use the bathroom. <laughs> Inside, I bristled. My mother was young with a few options, so she was excusing her mother. My mother? She thought getting pregnant again would be impossible after all her abortions. Oh, Angelica then interrupted, oh, that's what I'm seeing. I began to cry deeply. My half-sisters, what a relief. Abortions were a kind of birth control then. Birth control then. Your mother loved you but she was in a kind of survival mode. Your first days were in the womb, in a survival mode. Those hurt souls are holding on to you because you accept their guilt. You're, you accept the guilt. You need to set them free. How? Just say, I'm sorry, mom did not want you. Mm. Mm. How sad. Isn't that something? That's yeah. just three generations. I had an experience that I think I might have shared that I was in a group, you know, praying healing of intergenerational healing, and I was supposed to be the husband of a wife whose husband didn't help her with the kids. But as soon as I got into that situation, I wanted to get away from her as far as I could. So I went, I went to the outer room of the group that we were dealing with and turned the other way. And then the, the director took her through her family and her mother didn't want need want her she was too much her mother didn't want her her mother didn't want her five generations oh finally, my goodness yeah finally one of the grandmothers wanted to have children and so she held the next daughter and the next daughter held her daughter and the next and she held her daughter then she held my wife and then i was drawn back into the relationship isn't that interesting yeah and that's the way we're living five generations of of issues. Yeah. But that's uh, just five. What if it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve? You know? Oh, I know. Is <laughs> <laughs> right. that I have a question for you, it's Angela. <laughs> so I know someone who um his his father was a devout Catholic but had an anger problem and he used to beat him up when he was a little baby and a little boy. Well, and he would be terrified that he wouldn't stop beating him. And well, what happened was with this father married um, his mom, obviously, and mm -hmm. the mother died. So what happened was, 
uh, he met another woman. It was his old girlfriend. And then he had children with the old girlfriend. So oh. really, so this man is really like the only child of that first marriage. And he mm. looks like the mother. He looks like the woman who died. So you have all this going on where he was terrified of his father. He ended up where his father remarries and has all these children. Of course, I'm sure that woman is more drawn to her own children than right. she was to him. He's kind of like an orphan. So he really didn't know his mother. His mother died. And then his father was kind of a very mean person to and him. And he reminded probably the father of the mother because he yes. looked like him. Yes. Right. Yeah. Amen. So uh, how do you get over, you know, all he's very sensitive. All of these like, things can be healed. How, how are they, they healed? Have to, we have to know what's going on. And first, we have to, that's why I, I said in the one uh, lesson that we have to choose our own human parents first. And then let Jesus give us his parents as our spiritual healing parents. Mary is ultimately the healing for not just us, but for everybody back to Adam and Eve. And so it, but we can't give what we don't receive. And so what we, and we can't receive it unless we know it's for our parents and too, because otherwise we have an invisible loyalty. Children love their parents no matter what they did to yes, them. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. And they want to be uh, they they want to love their parents, and so by choosing them and saying and seeing that the only good thing that they can do for them, because you can't give what you haven't received, and so you can't give unconditional love when you've never been unconditionally loved. Right, and so, where it shows up, Father, is if he, um, you know, he's a wonderful person, and but if he gets. Um, rejection like some sort of rejection it is so painful for him yes. that he has to fly out he has to he can't handle you know what i'm That's saying right. especially someone he's put his trust in like That's if say he's invested in a relationship yeah so mm -hmm. in, so say he's invested in a relationship done all that he can in that relationship and that person just rejects him or turns other people against him the pain exactly. is so great he can't handle it even right. though he's a grown man so what did you call it primal pain that's primal pain, yes. Primal pain is so great that the therapists that deal with uh, healing primal pain, which is a, there's a group in California that does that, and Arthur Janoff has written about it. When, they, when they're able to stay with it, and oftentimes they have to be trained about seven years to get in touch with their own primal pain so they don't resist it in others, you know. Ah. And, and so when they're able to really stay open and the group is able to stay open to whatever hurt it is because they've faced their own, then... The person can get healed of cancers, addictions, all sorts of things that are substitutes for getting that love that they never got. Mm. And every addiction is a little religion, I say, you know. It's, we're trying to get the love that we never got, and the bottle kind of gives it to us on a short-term basis, but it never really does, and so it'll ultimately kill us because we're trusting something that can't come through, as you say. When we're looking for love from a human person that can only be given by God, it's going to disappoint us and ultimately be harmful. Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to be not know where the answer is then and begin to lose hope. Yeah. So, well, yeah. in his case, though, he has, I mean, I look at his spirituality and, you know, I pray every day. I feel as though I'm a spiritual person. I can't even come close to this person's spirituality. He's very... Uh, he, he, he's willing 
to walk alone, you know, to do the right thing. He's willing, you know, yeah, but, but it's he, he such needs, a cost. He needs human uh, companions to walk with him. Yes. Even though we aren't the source. But he needs, I think, a representative. At least I've found that to be true when I'm counseling people. I, yes. I can't, I'm not giving myself. I'm simply re, uh, staying open to his herd and receiving Jesus' love for both of us. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's his complaint is he's always so lonely. Yes. He can't get over the, even though he has a wonderful wife and wife, he always, he feels he, that pain. He, he has to get a partner who can handle that primal pain and, and, and actually be graced by it. Because it is a grace, because I feel when people come to me and have, they're, they're dealing with that kind of issue, they're opening me to receive it. Because I don't have any resistance to wanting to. I just can't get it by myself, you know. Yes. Could <laughs> his wife be that companion? By needing it. <clears throat> and so it's it's calling for something in me that God wants to give me, even even as I'm opening to letting God work through me. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, so maybe we're in our... it together. Yeah. So. Maybe in our prayer request, Susie, could we pray for this person because he's... Yes incredibly yes. successful but the level of what he goes through is like it's almost like torture i think okay so you susie you know him and so you no, can be I, I don't but um angela does so but we'll and just I, leave okay, him unnamed. and i will just pray for all of us then yes that we would receive god jesus's love but that's why he died on the cross he that's why he had to die because he had to feel totally rejected because yeah. that's what he did feel. All my God, sinned. my God, why have you abandoned? Even by God, he felt rejected. Yeah, yeah. Because he was identifying with that primal pain in all of us. Right. And so let us stay with Jesus, who did that on it, and with Mary, who's also with Jesus, was feeling that because she stayed losing Jesus on the cross. Can you imagine that? A mother no, I can't imagine. Under no. the cross. No. I can't Jesus. imagine. Thank oh. you, Mary, and thank you, St. Joseph. He was also healed by Jesus when he descended into limbo to raise them up. And so we just take the whole Holy Family with us. Lord Jesus, we say yes. You can give to us a share in that deep sense of not ever having the love that we needed and that this person needs, which is to die for you. Because you died for us, Lord, and out of love. And you said to me, I said, you must be upset that I made you suffer so much. And he said, no, I would have done infinitely more mm-hmm. if you only believe I love you. Right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Could you close with a blessing, please, Father? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, extend upon you that love of Jesus, which will face anything you're going through with you, and with Mary, and with St. Joseph, and the Heavenly Father, the whole Trinity, will be one with you in going through that. Just let it go, and give it into their hands, and may you receive the grace to redo that, and to receive this love, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, and listen again next week, every Thursday at 3 o'clock, Healing the Whole Person. We welcome you back then, and thank you again, Father. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye.
been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.